0: You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners Podcast are listening to podcast You are listening to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are
1: listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus.
2: Uh, Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Neil Potter. Hey there. Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Our Gmail is 4 gmail.com, or you can find us on 4CPodcast at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all 4CPodcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Listen to us on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com. Now owned by Laugh Button. You'll be seeing more of that. Today's guest for, I'm calculating week nine of the coronavirus, but we've given up, I think, on counting, is a return guest from season one, episode 52. One of the most respected comedians in the business, he and his wife just had a new baby. He's got a sweet new sling blade haircut. He just released a new comedy album during the quarantine called Stay at Home Comedian, and he got written up in the New York Times for it. Pandemic schmandemic, it's the busy Ted (laughs) Alexandro.
1: Hey guys, good
2: to be back with you. Let's do the first corner. Yeah, good to be back. Talk about busy. We had you on like April of 2018 and then (laughs) we go into like pandemic mode and you're even busier than I remember. (laughs) Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I finally realized that uh, that I was in a business and it required a work ethic. But it took the pandemic <laughs> to realize that. Oh, come
2: on! <laughs> uh, you got this new special going. You shot it. Was this? Were you talking into the Zoom in and into a Zoom at the time, or were you just talking into like Instagram Live? What were those?
1: It was Instagram Live. I was yeah. I was doing it every night uh, as the pandemic was kind of the, the outbreak began and all of the weirdness was beginning. I, I started doing it every night for a, a, almost a month, like three weeks or something like
2: that. Yeah, and then you, you decide, oh, I might have something. Here. So, you, so who, did you edit that yourself? Because it's really well edited.
1: Yes, I, uh, no, the answer is no, I did not. Uh, it is well edited. I agree with that part of it, but it was done by Matthew Weiss, who has done my last two specials with me. Uh, he's a great, he did Teacher's Lounge as well, great uh-huh. director, producer, editor. I do my podcast with him as well. So yeah, he, he handles all the technical stuff. But I kind of went through, uh, you know, because these Instagram lives were maybe 30 minutes, an hour, some nights. And I was just realizing, you know, like some of this stuff is, is funny and would be good if it kind of like was strung together in the right way. And then I just thought, like, it'd be ridiculous and kind of tongue in cheek to release a comedy special. And the New York Times wrote about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's pretty funny. It was free. On, it's free on YouTube. And, That's uh, right. Yeah. And then what's and wait and then any of the money you're collecting off of what um, the the commercials on it that goes to charity? Is that- well,
1: basically uh, what I decided to do since it was it was um, kind of birthed on social media. I felt like let me just make it free on uh, on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube and then just encourage people to donate if they're inclined to covid bailout. Dot org, which is a grassroots organization that's bailing people out of jail who uh, just can't afford to pay bail. They haven't had a, their day in court yet; uh, they're what's considered pre-trial. Right. Um, but they just they can't afford to pay bail, so they might be stuck in there for like, you know, maybe some petty drug thing or like hopping a turnstile or whatever it was. But now also the jails are kind of a hotbed of the coronavirus, like they have the highest rates in the world. So, you know, so these people are kind of stuck in jail because they can't
0: pay their bail.
2: Do you, Neil, did you tell me this, that people are trying to get the coronavirus in jail so that they can get out?
0: Yeah, I read about that in L.A. They're just because that, that's their way out. So they're like, screw it. I'll just roll the dice and get the virus. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's, that, that's probably right? a smart move at this point. <laughs>
2: Uh, well, I, of course, once again, Ted, you figured out a way to help people with your art, which is like, uh, I, here's why I, I was trying to sum up our relationship. You ever see, <laughs> you ever see ghost, right? Sure. Sure. Right, you hey, I
0: to me
1: more or Patrick Swayze?
2: Pat, you're Patrick Swayze. I'm Odame Brown. You know, um, <laughs> you forced me to do the right thing. Right at the end when you know at the end when she's giving the money and she's she, she got the million dollar check and she's gonna give it yeah. she's like give it to the nuns I'm like are you fucking crazy I'm not giving that to the nuns you know
1: and you're like well, she only did that because she was also in Sister Act right so so uh, Whoopi was really just looking out. For her, her, her next yeah. movie,
2: <laughs> but you're the guy who like puts it in my head. Just give it to them and give it to them. You do the right <laughs> thing. Well,
0: I, my, my big question is how? How? Uh, I think it's pretty amazing to put out a special like this. How did you did you know it from the beginning? You're gonna like okay. I I believe in this special. I mean, it's so hard to put out a special just as as the one that you did. I don't know how right. hard was that. I guess is the question. Well,
2: can you can you put it on you? On also, I'll go as part B. Can you can you, you can you monetize that for yourself on like serious radios? Anybody else buying it? Go ahead.
1: Uh, well, the, to, to Neil's question, it was not my goal from the outset to record a special. I was just doing these live streams every night, and what kind of uh, dawned on me was first off that there were moments that were really funny. That I thought could live on beyond just the ephemeral nature of a live stream, you know, that just comes and goes. So I thought, like, all right, you know, let me take like, you know, three minutes here, five minutes there, just these little chunks. And also that it was kind of uh, a global collective experience that everyone was going through. So that in a sense, you know, you have a, a, an audience uh, globally that is experiencing the same thing, which is a, a very kind of unique um, phenomenon. So uh, I also realized that, you know, because of the fact that people could comment in real time on uh, Instagram Live, people were saying hello from the Ukraine, hello from Chile, hello from Indonesia. So you know, I realized, wow, like there's people watching my live stream like all over the world. So that that brought another layer to it for me, too, that it was like this, shared experience um so the more i thought about it i was like you know maybe i can maybe i can kind of make this into uh sort of a a, you know a comedy special of sorts obviously it's just shot in my apartment but i felt like it had value um because of the nature of the pandemic so that that was kind of how it came to be
2: can you cut it up and and monetize it god forbid for yourself at all on (laughs) other platforms
1: (laughs) well you know what's funny Lenny, is that uh before this special came about, I was working on another special. I'm, I'm putting out uh, a special called Cut Up where I, uh, I'm cutting together my comedy seller sets over the past year. Uh, so that was my hour special that I was really properly working on and focusing on when all of a sudden this stay-at-home comedian special kind of came into, into being. Um, so that one, it's weird. Like, you talked about being busy. I have another special coming oh
2: out God.
1: in about a month. So that was the one that was already being worked on before any of this stuff happened. And then, you know, the other one just, like, kind of hit me. But to monetize, I don't know. I'm, I'm considering whether or not, like,
0: maybe on YouTube
1: if it gets enough views or something like that. But right. I don't think it works as an audio thing. I think it's really like it really needs to be seen. And like you said, the editing, it's its like a whole kind of piece that's specific to, you know, it was done on Instagram Live. So I don't think it'll work as an audio thing, maybe at some point. But I think it's more just uh, of its time and, you know, it, it wound up being good publicity.
2: Well, it's funny that you say that because the New York Times said – like it was innovative in the fact that you're talking into the void and there's like a there could be like a safety in talking to the void that you didn't you wouldn't have had like on stage so like trying new things you know just whatever comes out of your head at the time um yeah and there's i there's also an awkwardness and sort of like a mutation that may not be healthy at the end of the day when you have to go back in front of people but what how'd you feel about that
1: well, you know what was interesting? I realized like I've been podcasting for a year and a half and as you guys well know, that's like a, a different muscle than than stand up. Yeah. Um that it took time to to get better at, you know. So, in a weird way, having podcasted for um, you know, since I, I think it was right around Christmas of 2018 that I started um You know, I I was comfortable just being alone in a room talking so that when the live streaming started, uh, that wasn't so much of of an adjustment um, and fact, it was kind of fun and cathartic. um, And it is different than stand up. But, you know, I I didn't feel as though I was like figuring it out. I felt like I I know what I'm doing. I know what I want to say. I didn't know it would be a comedy special, but. I felt comfortable the whole
2: time. The most fun, I think it's, it's weird that you, it's a little bit different than your persona on stage. Um, and you, cause you're like, like I said, you're kind of talking into a void and also you're, you know, you have like, you know, once you get into that mode where you're in a zone, you're not even sure if people listening and sort of like your innermost thoughts come out. So you start like giggling a little bit to yourself and cracking yourself (laughs) up a little bit. And it's (laughs) like, and I just like, by the end, it would, be, would have been hilarious if you we were just crying hysterically.
1: <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Like there all- were moments where I was on the brink. <laughs> but, yeah, it is funny because it is different than your stand-up persona. But that's kind of a fun thing, too, that I think you realize as you go along in the business, whether it's podcasting or acting or you know uh, doing videos, as you guys have done over the years. Um, like All those different things kind of get to show a different part of you. So that was kind of fun for me to realize and to get that feedback from people too, is like, you know, that it was different than my stand up And that's, that's a good thing, because you know, they're
0: different things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the... I, thought it was, I thought it was amazing and, and inspiring, because I mean, I just think that's so hard to put that out and not not know what's gonna happen. And then it's just inspiring, because you put it out and then boom. Did you know the New York Times? What did you, how did you react to all that? <sighs>
1: You know, Neil, it's it's so bizarre, right? Because we work so hard for so long and you put things out and things that you're proud of and things that you poured your heart and soul into. And then after, you know, 27 years of doing stand-up, the New York Times <laughs> writes about the thing that I, sh- I shot on my phone in my apartment. You know? <laughs> so it's just another lesson that, like, you can't really try to figure this business out. You know, you just keep doing the next thing that makes sense to you. And I knew, you know, I'm pretty good at following my instincts if I feel inspired by something or if I feel like this is something that I need to do. So I, I knew that I knew that aspect was true regarding this special, but I did not know that The, the New York Times was going to write about it. I uh, I sent it to Jason Zinneman, who is the comedy columnist for The Times, uh, just on a whim, really. I just said, hey, man, you know, uh, I made this special during the pandemic, um, you know, thought you might want to check it out. I didn't hear from him. He just said thanks, whatever. I didn't hear from him for a little over a week. And then I started getting... My phone started blowing up. Like, you're in the Times, you know? So it was pretty bizarre. <laughs>
2: um, well, I was thinking, like, if a liberal New York paper won't give Ted Alexandro a good review, it's over. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Know. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Even though my anti-capitalism rants, I didn't know if that would... <laughs> That would hold me back, but uh, I, I snuck through.
2: Well, it covers. It turns into like uh, um, at some points. I was trying to think like how I could sum it up. It's it's not only a comedy special in some ways. There's a lot of comedy, but it's also like a human nature special. How like you were saying like people, you know, a collective. Let's try not to crack here, while yes. you know, and it's like the when you got to like the fuck this and fuck that list. Um, everybody should have a fuck list and fuck that list. I was like, wow, that's a funny idea. Um, Like, you probably wouldn't have come up with a bit like that if we weren't stuck in a house for three months, you know what I mean? Like,
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's another example of like something that came out spontaneously and you know i just had enough of those moments that you know as comedians we know like when something comes out and you just have that light that goes off like oh that's kind of a bit you know that yeah you know that's kind of a fully formed that's not just like a thought that's more of a bit so i had enough of those over the month or so that i said like uh let me try to string this together because i think (laughs) you know it, it might there might be something here and and like neil said i i didn't know You know, maybe it would just be for, (laughs) I'd put it on Facebook and it would get 50 likes and that would be the end of it or whatever. Um, But I I knew that it was something I was proud of.
2: Yeah, there was a couple of things that resonated with me. And one also was like, well, uh, two things. One was uh, the Imagine, the celebrity singing Imagine. Oh,
0: that's so funny because I was just going to talk about
2: that. Go ahead, Neil. You want to ask him your thing? But I'll I'll pony on top by saying like... I agree. No, just,
0: it's like, yeah, just it's just amazing that I don't know, like the the the, the quickness to uh, to find a formula to deal with this and that song kind of was part of that. That was really funny.
2: It's like, I, thank you. It's hard for anybody to get me to do anything at this point creatively, like under the guise of. Chari- you got to be really careful and calculating your career, and yeah, I mean, there's a there's a level of narcissism here sometimes that you got to be careful. <laughs> that you don't look like a fool, you know,
1: right? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, to me, that was what was so striking about that, and obviously not only me, that was more of like a cultural moment that everyone was talking about on Twitter, Uh, but since it was a live stream at the time, I I was talking about it pretty much in real time. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people had that visceral reaction, like, what the hell, are, are these people that clueless? Not only that they're... Thinking that them singing Imagine helps in some way, but also that they're doing it on their like sprawling estates in the Hamptons or wherever yeah. the hell they are. You know, it was it was just so uh, kind of out of touch.
2: That's the one that drove my wife nuts. Like it, it always like anything. She's she there's that uh, app called like Rate the Room or something like that that's going on mm-hmm. now on Twitter. And she was looking at all these, you know, the news reporters' backgrounds, and a lot of them have nothing. It's a lot of bookshelves whatever. But every once in a while, there's some guy with a sprawling house. Like, she watched the draft, and, like, she was looking at – she didn't watch it. I mean, she was walking through the – and Cliff Kingsbury – I'm watching every second of the NFL draft. And Cliff Kingsbury, the Arizona guy, lives in, like – had the most beautiful house she's ever seen, you know. If this guy starts singing Imagine, she, my wife is going to blow up my widescreen, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know on the one hand you don't want to be too hard on people because uh i guess it comes from an impulse to like connect and, yeah. and this kind of thing but it also kind of centers them as like the uh the ones who were bringing relief it, yeah it was just <laughs> it was it was ripe to be made fun of that's for I, sure
2: i also have a problem with people who are trying to raise money when they have enough to just give it you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you want? Sure. How am I giving money? I'm not making any money. You're you've been rolling in dough <laughs> off of some dumb track that my daughter dances around to. You know.
1: That's right. That's right. And that's yeah. I think that's that's the underlying thing that a lot of those people that let's face it, we're talking about really across the board there, multimillionaires. I think everyone that was in that video.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, and, and that's my problem with media in general. Whether we're watching the news or watching uh, a video like that. Yeah. Or, or even like Bill Maher's show. Sometimes I sit and watch. I'm like, everyone on this panel is a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're always they're talking to us, these people who are like trying to like find our way through and pay the bills and, you know, all this kind of stuff, living in apartments. Uh, they're telling us uh, how the world is. It's it's kind of mind boggling.
2: The last thing i want to say like um it you know i like I, I always like it a little darker and i like when you go into these dark areas like fuck this fuck that i just want to know if the next one's if you could do another one called the radical mole special because <laughs> at one point you're like getting real dark and it could have been like edgy and people could take it the wrong way but you blame the moles on your head and i was like you know what i'll tune into the radical mole special you know money isn't real It's all bullshit. The depth. Like when's, when's I'm waiting for the sequel, the radical mole special. That's what it should be called. Let me know when that one comes out. Um,
1: well, I don't think you'll have to wait long because the moles are, are becoming more and more kind of, uh, they're the radicals that, that, that inform my opinion, so I'm, I'm listening to them uh, more and more. <laughs> the longer this goes
2: on, I know it's just going to be all radical moles by the end. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all That's right. true.
0: Well, that, yeah, that leads to my next year. Are you going to do another one, you think? Cause I mean, now that you've done that one, now the whole you got a whole other month or so of more material.
1: No, that's true. I, I thought about that, but I think what I'm going to do is uh, I'm I'm going to kind of just um, relaunch my podcast with a video component because I, I kind of realized like I've been doing my podcast a little bit me for a year and a half, but I haven't been doing video with it. But doing this live stream kind of dawned on me like I'm missing I'm missing that element of it. So I'm I'm going to relaunch with the video component. And make that the focus. I don't think I'll put out another uh, special because I feel as though, like, it'll be better as, like, a one-off. And then, um, you know, I'll put out this other special that I've been working on. But okay. but I'm going to start, like, focusing on uh, making videos and kind of chopping that into segments and, you know, doing what a lot of guys are doing, whether it's uh, Joe Rogan or yeah. Tim Dillon or all these people that are, you know, doing, like, video podcasts kind of stuff.
2: All right, cool. Let's move on. But to... you
0: still got the yeah. beard, right?
2: Yeah, he's got the Still beard. Still got
0: the beard, yes. Yeah, the, the beard. beard and the, mold. <laughs> the, be,
2: the beard is getting out there, and that haircut is getting crazy. So the
1: haircut has been since trimmed. Oh. I did finally trim the Corohawk, so it's back to normal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the beard is like getting ZZ Top esque. I love it.
1: All right. Yeah, they called me a cult leader. I think in the New York Times, which is all I all I ever wanted to be.
0: So that's
2: good. <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's move on. The second corner I want to do today is, um, so I was on your podcast like about a month before your wife was going to give birth, and now we're four months post? uh, That's right. So um, how's baby Nico?
1: He's great. He's great. You know, like that's one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that, as you know, uh, to be home every day, Uh, Is a great, great thing, you know, uh, especially at these early stages where, you know, they're changing so much and learning things every day. So, you know, rather than hopping on a plane to to go God knows where, I'm, I'm home every day and have to be. So I've been very, very grateful for that.
2: I was telling Neil at first it was infuriating because she's like, oh, it's baby Nico. And you could not tell from the picture, the first picture was a girl or a boy and i'm like is this on purpose is this gonna be one of these the baby will pick its own gender when it's ready how are we gonna send a gift is it gonna be pink or blue i was like i was so pissed i was like this can't be happening just tell me what it is
1: yeah we're gonna have a gender reveal party when the kid turns 12. <laughs> oh,
0: that's funny
2: um i'm hoping that yeah, was... no
1: it's a boy as far as we know it's a boy oh okay
2: good um are you exhausted how's the how's the sleep factor i mean you're doing today, all the I, stuff. today
1: i am exhausted you caught you caught me on a day where like uh i got to bed late i was working on stuff and then uh he woke up extra early so it was one of those days you, you know how you kind of have to find sections to work when you can and sometimes yeah. that's like after everyone else goes to bed yeah um so yeah uh but it's fine you know like even if you wake up exhausted you have a cup of coffee and then you know take a shower you're ready to go
2: is it just you two i mean you're three months in you're making comedy albums and all this content i'm like seriously fuck this guy i mean <laughs> this is, this <laughs>
1: ridiculous that's the reaction that i wanted from comedians do you have any help <laughs> uh no no it's just the two of us yeah yeah so we're you know Madeline has her work, you know, she, she's a psychic medium, she does consultations, and she's a she's a painter, she does her own artwork, so she, you know, we kind of take turns where she goes into the room and, and does her stuff, uh, does her, her appointments, and then uh, passes them off to me, and then, uh, you know, then we switch, and I go and make a comedy album in
2: the, um, <laughs> in the other room. Okay, wait, back up a second. I know I didn't know Malik was a psych- psychic medium. So, yes, uh, yes. does she have a date that this stupid pandemic is going to end already, or <laughs> I, could she ask somebody on the other side or the future?
1: <laughs> That's a good question. I hadn't, I hadn't thought to ask that. Really it's like um, my
2: first question at
1: the gate. Well I'll, I'll set up an appointment for you. You can Yeah, come on Miss.
2: Come on Miss Cleo, when is this gonna end?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. No, but that's been really cool to see. Is you know, she does uh she has um You know, like appointments with people and they can be all over the world as well, uh, thanks to Zoom and, you know, all these other things. So, um, yeah, so she's been doing that stuff and as well as her artwork. And we don't have anyone else here and no one else is allowed in because of the pandemic. You know, even my parents, like uh, we went to see them the other day, finally, just to say hi. But we haven't been, you know like, the other family members, and they haven't been able to hold the baby, they haven't been able to, you know, so that's been, like, that's been the hard part of just, um, kind of being, you know, stuck without other people around.
2: What's the, what's the best thing so far, and what's the worst thing so far?
1: The best thing, um, is just, like, waking up with them every morning, you know, like, there's that moment where they're waking up, and they're, they're semi-conscious, and then, like, they kind of like, it, it registers that it's you it's you again. It's like they see your face, right. and they're like, oh, we're still a family, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and they're like, we get to do this another day. Uh, so yeah, the, the excitement of them waking up and, and looking at you and smiling uh, is just so like, invigorating, because they're, they're so happy that, you know, we're gonna start another day together. So that, that kind of enthusiasm, you can't help but like uh, feel happy about. The, the hardest thing is, well, I guess you know the monotony in general, yeah. but the monotony even more so in in a pandemic where you, we haven't had the options of like you know moving freely, like wherever you want to go, you know. So we kind of sneak little time here and there uh, at a park or just some place where we can kind of be away from people. Right. But that's been hard.
2: What um do you are you getting tired of the you're not getting any smiles yet, really. It's not quite. And you're not getting any mommy, daddy yet, I don't think. So are you starting to get, like, Gina was starting to get uh, to a point of, like, there's no return on the love investment yet. Like, she can't, she can't get it. Can I just get a smile? Can you just say mommy? Can you just give me a something? Give me a something.
1: Um, yeah, we are seeing a return on the investment. uh, like gradually, <laughs> uh, we're seeing, uh, he's very expressive with smiling and laughing now, uh, which is a lot of fun, you know, like oh, if cool. I'm just playing with him on the bed and, and doing funny voices and, you know, whatever you do to just kind of try to get into a, a reaction out of him. Right. Uh, so that's, that's fun, but yeah, no, no real, he's very vocal, but no, Real words articulated yet.
2: Right. He's trying to say stuff and just can't say yes. Yeah. Um, yep. <clears throat> and what I'm getting now is that she's, uh, Birdie's almost two. What I'm getting now is um, she talks and knows too much. Like, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how. So we waited for the whole time and now I'm getting like, um, you know, I get I love you, daddy, but I'm getting, I'm getting, um, you know, she'll be with Gina in the room and I want to change her diaper. I'm like, come on, let's change her diaper. No. No, and then she'll close the door, close the door with her hand like a real person. Go bye, bye, daddy, and wave at me. Bye, bye, daddy. Like um, she's. I gotta
1: tell you. Your social media account, your your Instagram is one of one of our favorites because uh, Birdie's always like bossing you around and telling you how it's going to
0: be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love
2: it. <laughs> it really is. You should see yeah, some I wonder
0: where she learned that from.
2: I don't know. I think pretty much Gina. <laughs> Gina, I was like, where we? she does stuff that you'll see. She'll, they'll do stuff like, where do you even know that word? Where did you even... Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. <laughs> so um, you got some more coming or one and done?
1: ideally yeah we we would like a sibling for nico so at least one more is is, is the plan oh, that's good
2: all right other than mine the uh best or favorite <laughs> that was a pimp in my film. other than mine the best or favorite baby gift you know, like uh, you don't. have – <laughs> I know mine was, but the best. The did you get something that really helped? I always look for practical. I'm super pragmatic when it comes to like, like Rachel Feinstein's about to have a baby. I bought her a thermometer because I'm like, you're gonna need that thermometer. Trust me, you won't need the 400 toys. To tr- the <laughs> truck. That's you know? true. That's so true.
1: Well, actually, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna break your rule and, and tell you that actually one of the things that you and Gina got us is probably his favorite thing. It's that little thing that hangs. With like the baby face on it, and then it has like the rattles. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, Mr. The, Man. That it, what is it called?
2: I call it Mr. Man. It's like, oh, it's Mr. Yeah. Man.
1: <laughs> and what's funny is he looks more and more like Mr. Man because Mr. Man has like a little cowlick of hair, yeah, and he's got that too now. So, uh, yeah. So I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast, but that really is like oh, we we always go to that. Like if he needs something, we're like, "Where's the? Where's the? Uh, where's his favorite toy?" <laughs> so
2: yeah, they do so love that.
1: And and the other thing is, someone got us like a little um, nail trimmer. Uh, that's like a it's like a sander. It's yeah. not like a clipper. It's like a little sander. Yes. Um. Yeah, that we, thing is like a godsend.
2: Yeah, we have that too, and that is a godsend because if you had to if you had to cut them with a scissor, they freak. So anytime she's, uh, we could put her in front of her and watch a video or something like that, and just give me your hand for two minutes, yes. and and then yeah, that'll it's like work. A spa day. Yeah, it is, they Oh, please. <laughs> She, my, my daughter will eat in the bathtub now as we're giving her a bath and like, like she is at a spa. We're feeding her grapes. She's like Nira, you know, she's eating grapes. She's, yes. my, my wife's doing her hair. We're doing her nail. Like she's literally, I'm like, I see the future here of her and my wife at some fancy spas costing me money. That's what
1: I see. It's a, it's a good life. It's a yeah. good life.
2: Uh, <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Let's uh let's go to the third one. What do you say, Neil? Let's do it. All right. I wanna do a news rundown with you because, you know, there's always Ted Alexandro and the news kinda of go together. And I wanna start with um <clears throat> what's happen literally happening today. This Dr. Bright is on T V. He's a whistleblower of the um the pandemic. Uh you know, like, uh, he's a doctor telling us if we, if we don't quarantine, this is going to be an outbreak. And they basically told him to shut up. And now he's like, look, I told you all this stuff. And if we don't follow it, we're going to have the darkest winter in the history of the country, is what he's saying. And, so he's
1: warning people about a, a second wave. He, he, yes. wasn't, uh, he wasn't talking about the initial outbreak. He's talking about he's forecasting a, a second wave.
2: Second wave, especially if we're not careful at all, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So... And you in your special had a lot of things where you looked in the camera and just went science, science, <laughs> right? Like, why do we hate, why, do we, why does half the country hate science?
1: I think uh, the easy answer is that science uh, goes against what would be profitable for a lot of people. So, you know, profit is usually king. And uh, so if people can discount science in the name of profit, they will do it. And I think that's what we're seeing here.
2: So, yeah, and I think it's pretty obvious that, like, the administration will go, death, you know, uh, profit over death. So they don't care if people die. We're just going to lose a bunch of people, and that's okay as long as we profit.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know— it's it's short sighted, obviously, and uh, and and foolish, because I think what's going to happen is, you know, this is still like happening, like in slow motion and in real time. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, within a few months, whenever things get sorted, maybe it'll be 2021. There's going to be a lot of angry people uh, because we're not just talking about the effects of the pandemic and the psychological effects of being cooped up and physical effects for anyone who was actually sick, but uh, the financial uh, crisis that is kind of secondary, that people aren't talking as much about that, but, you know, tens of millions of people unemployed out of work, so, yeah, man, I I, I think there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of angry people, uh, you know, whenever people
0: can congregate.
2: Yeah, probably, you know, they're going to be yelling six feet apart, hopefully, I don't,
0: Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, is like with science, is like no matter what, if the science comes from one side in the, in the United States somehow, it's gotten so like they won't believe it ever. So it's just a one side thing. So
2: Yeah, it's why is science like politicized? It's almost like whatever you, if there's any facts trying to save people... They'll just say are, it's a deep state conspiracy. There are no facts.
0: You got to remember, like a growing movement of people think the Earth is flat. Like the flat Earth movement is gaining momentum because it's such a lack of distrust that we've been lying to them the whole time. The Earth is flat, and as <laughs> what are you gonna do about that side? I don't know.
2: Yeah, but that's a very, very small group of people. What the obvious group of people is that you know. um, like mitigation won't help it doesn't matter just open it up let's go back whoever dies dies they don't see that the numbers could really explode until they actually really explode they there is no limit to their stupidity that's the point
1: well i think what's interesting is that uh a lot of those kind of class uh battles there's truth behind them like the the trump voter you know if if we were to Stereotype it. Uh, the, the Trump voter is right to feel that um, you know there is this class of people. They like to call them the liberal elites, or the you know the uh, coastal elites, or whatever you want to call them. That looks down on on working people, or looks down on people that didn't get a college education. So, so I think there's some truth to all of that. Uh, but then, in the name of like fighting those cultural battles. They take it to such an extent where they're like, yeah, I'm going to vote for a guy who was a reality TV star. And, you know, let's just upend the whole system because they feel like they've been left behind by it.
2: Okay, so then my follow up to that, what you just answered was, okay, at this point, now that they see what will play out if you hire a reality show TV star and all the stuff that goes with that, you know. Um, how do you not want? How is there still 46% or whatever it is, 45%? It should be like zero at this point. What else do we have to take away from you? You know, we, you can't go outside your homes anymore. They just think it's some crazy. Like, is it, do they really still think that there's this crazy conspiracy against whatever they believe in that we are trying to just, no, we are willing. To ruin our coastal elite lives, okay, and die to battle just to be that liberal is that? I mean, it's insane.
1: Yeah, I don't know for sure. I wonder what percentage of people will just always vote red or blue, regardless of of who the person is. You know, so you've got your percentage of I'm a Republican. I vote Republican. If it's Donald Trump, or if it's John Kasich, or, or if it's George Bush, or whoever it is, I vote red all the time. Okay, I'll give
2: you so, that one. So I would think that would be about 20%, but apparently it's always in the, like, 40%. Yeah,
0: but you gotta yeah. remember, there is no science. You keep saying science, but the 40% of the people are maybe 30%, maybe not 40%. is no science. It's not real. It will never be real.
2: <laughs> yeah, I get it, I get it Neil.
0: there's yeah. no science. There can't be, and so how are we gonna... Uh, how do we overcome that, Lenny? I don't know. How do we overcome Well, that's this? what I say. This,
2: this election is, without a doubt, in my mind, it has nothing else to do but smart versus dumb. Like, are we going to be <laughs> smart or are we going to be dumb? Are we siding with smart people or are we siding with dumb people? Okay.
1: Well, I'll say two things on that. One... Is uh, I'm not convinced that we will even have an election in November because of of the fact that the pandemic is ongoing and uh, will they be able to safely conduct an election in all 50 states? Um, you know, so I'm kind of dubious if if it'll happen in November, if it'll be moved back, or you know, if something will happen where the election is somehow shifted. Um, <laughs> That's one thing. And then the other thing is, you know, don't underestimate Trump. We've we've done that in the past. And, uh, you know, the guy somehow manages to prove everybody wrong again and again. And, and like Neil said, I don't think it has as much to do with science as um, this indignation uh, of a system that's left them behind. So they see everything that's coming from, quote unquote, the other side as uh as like a conspiracy or somehow uh not to be trusted
2: Well, I'm not yeah. sure i I, I would kind of like to know how I, we left a lot of these people uh to the side you know like if you're a farmer i I think we've gone out of our way to help farming, you know what I mean like they constantly throw money, even Trump is throwing you know to get their vote, just throwing money at them you know t- to subsidize them. You know,
1: yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't um, squarely put it uh, on on these people that feel left behind. I would also say there's a healthy dose of racism and a healthy dose of uh, misogyny, and also just people that are kind of that blind flag waving. Uh, People respond to that that patriotism that is like unwavering and has no offers no critique. You know, it's just like (laughs) America first kind of stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: you know, who they, you know who they really hate now is like it's it's it's
2: blowing up. They hate Bill Gates. Yeah, I mean that's part yes. of it. Yeah, why? I mean, they. I, I would ch- I would. I would love to see the person who says that. Like he's for the. He's on the bad team. You know. Like, wait, go. Could you just go to your desk? That little object that's on your desk that gives you the light to the world. I'm sorry, but guess who that is. You know. I mean, they, they they forget everything in their oh, pocket. The cell phone but it's, is Bill it's Gates. I mean
0: that Bill Gates is a super rich, obviously one of the richest guys in the world. Then he decides to give all his money away. He does charity, right? He does what you think would be the right thing that everybody would love him. He gives all his money away to charity. He's trying to find cures to all this thing, but now he is the most evil man in the world. Yeah, how?
2: How do you make that? How do you? How do that? How do you make that connection? It's insane.
0: Yeah, I
1: mean, there there are people that that make ties from from Bill Gates to like eugenics and stuff like this. And that he has been talking about like thinning the population and, you know, so there, there's people that are kind of of that mindset. Um But uh, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of uh far afield. Can
2: I ask you a question, uh Ted? Uh, it's a little off top, a hair off topic, which I hate doing as Neil knows, but we yes. are, we were on a podcast not locked, not too long ago. And, you You are always uh with, amongst the comics considered like the liberal end of the party, and yes. you know uh when people want to want to talk politics, which is kind of infuriating sometimes because you're in the mode of stand-up comedian, you know, or you're just saying <laughs> hello to somebody. And then you're kind of getting attacked by the other side a little bit. Like, they, they want to know your thoughts on that. Does that get... I, yeah,
1: people also assume that I that I love to talk politics all the time when I, I really don't. Yeah,
2: so it is exhausting?
1: <laughs> um... It can be like you said, sometimes I'm like just about to go on stage and know, you know, the owner of the cellar would be like, oh, Ted, did you see uh, Trump and this? And, you know, what did you think about, you know, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting I'm trying to get my head together. Yeah, I'm
2: about to I, talk about Dick. So,
1: yeah, yeah, I have, I have this new bit that I'm trying to remember.
2: <laughs> okay, I want to get a couple, a couple of quick opinions because we're running out of time in this segment. Um, yep. I want to talk about Louis for one second. You knew Louis. Sure. You know Louis really well. we had the Me Too movement. They, um, what is your general, real quick, um, elevator pitch on? Should, can he work again? I mean, I mean, this guy he wasn't convicted of anything. You want to talk about morally and ethical? Maybe not on the best uh, platform. Was he friendly to the Me Too people? Absolutely not. But the guy is not a criminal. Okay. Can he go? Why is it such a big deal if he goes on stage? If you don't want to be there when he's there, just leave, you know?
1: Well, I kind of uh, disagree with the way that you're framing the question. uh, Because, A, nobody said he can't work. And, in fact, he just put out a special that probably made him millions of dollars. So, like, this kind of portrayal of, of Louis as a victim... Uh, I think is the wrong narrative and he is working and he's doing very well. I'm sure, I'm sure that special that he just put out made him millions of dollars. Well, that's know, I'm what sure I, he's doing better than
2: that's what I tend... 95% of,
1: of comedians. No, that is um, my
2: narrative, by the way, that is the narrative. He doesn't need anybody. He can do it all himself. Sort of what. That's right. So it's, that's right.
1: A... So there's nothing, there's nothing preventing Louis from, from working. I mean, now there is the pandemic obviously, but uh, most comedy clubs will gladly, give him the stage. You know, there's probably a handful that wouldn't, but he can, o- he can find a place to work in literally all 50 States and, and around the world, you know, uh, because it is, uh, an economic decision at the end of the day. And most clubs will make that decision because he'll fill the house up.
2: Right. Okay. That's all. And, um, what, do, how do you feel about, um, I had one more. How do you feel about the comedy clubs doing, uh, like Zoom shows, they're trying to save. Like, are they saving their, you know, uh, uh, they're just trying to save themselves or are they just trying to stay relevant or.
1: Yeah, to me, it kind of looks Bush League. It, it seems kind of desperate. Yeah. um Because it's not, to me, it's not, you're not recreating the feel of a comedy club. Uh, you know, uh, why don't, why don't people just watch live streams and stuff like that? That's, it's the same thing. I don't understand why in a way it's almost like we're so, uh, married to the construct of like, oh, I have to be on, uh, comedy club X, Y, or Z's, uh, live stream because it's, then it's real. It's like, why don't you just do it? it like, you know, I did it in my living room. It's like, it's the same thing. Uh, like you put you're putting out your stuff. Why do I have to and also like doing a set to me feels weird unless there's an audience sitting in front of me.
2: I agree. I totally agree. I'll agree with you on that one. I'm like so out. I'm not putting my I'm not putting my set on like a global platform which can be yeah. stolen by anybody for twenty five dollars so which you have. You know what I mean? Like just Right. I mean these there's plenty of content that people can watch right now without this. It's it'll be okay. But give me a prediction When's the next time you're holding a microphone in front of an audience? Wild guess.
1: That's a good question. That's if I, if I ever decide to come back. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, I will say uh, it's likely not going to be this year. I think it'll be in 2021 sometime. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see, like you were talking about, that scientist who's the whistleblower. Uh, I think there is going to be, especially in New York, Uh, There's going to be a second wave because people haven't really been very adamant about maintaining all of the, you know, social distancing and wearing masks until until recently. I think, you know, recently maybe it kind of picked up. But, um, yeah, I I don't see us. I don't see people feeling comfortable congregating in in especially a small space like a comedy club. Uh, What are they going to sit like 10 feet apart? There'll be 15 people there. You know, it just does. I don't see it happening.
2: All right, that's good. And one more, the last thing I want to talk about in the news is a Jordan documentary. We're on 7 and 8. Um, oh, yeah. It's great, right? <laughs> have you been watching?
1: Oh, man, yeah. Madeline and I have been watching every week. That's great. Um, yeah, man, it's great. It's great. It's, you know, people who grew up in that era, especially uh, as we did, you know, we got to witness his greatness in real time uh, and also have our hearts broken as Knicks fans. Uh, at least I don't I don't want to speak for both you guys, but I, I was, uh, and th- yeah. So the Bulls were constantly crushing the Knicks in those uh, you know early '90s playoff series. So it's just a reminder of those times and how great he was, and uh, you know the the mindset that he had and still has in a lot of instances that he he does not let even the smallest of things go you know the chance to motivate himself or the chance to uh crush somebody <laughs> but it just
2: shows you it shows you that guy won six championships and i'm going to bring this all the way back to politics if you're the top guy it's like i never asked anybody to do anything that i wasn't willing to do right and he was the right. top guy and he laid down the law right and he was won- yes. and and he, from the top down that's why the organization was great you know because their main guy everybody had a buy-in to what he's doing and he and he led the way, right? That's right. You can't deny leadership at the top. That It's a big to-do. I watch him. I understand exactly what he's talking about, exactly where he came from, and exactly yes. why if anybody bitches, like he said, if you didn't want to play with me, don't. I fucking love that. Oh, my God.
1: It's- yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's so rare that, like, the combination of attributes that he had, like when your best player is also your hardest worker, yeah, and is also your most competitive and arguably not only leads your team in those three categories but arguably leads the league, if not the history of the league in uh in all three of those categories that's you know that's going to produce a rare guy and and that's that's what he was he was the most competitive he was the most talented I remember Bobby Knight saying uh I think he said it in the documentary like when he had him for The '84 Olympic team. uh, The kid was 20, 21 years old. He said, "I think I think he's the best basketball player I've ever seen."
2: That's right. There you go. All right, we'll end with that one. Watch that. Okay, the fourth corner I want to do today is uh, scruples. We haven't played this in a while, Neil. And these are like ethical, moral games for those. You know, I think the example I gave Ted, uh, you know, before we started was if you if somebody dropped a wallet on the floor. And you just found it would you give it back? would you give it back with all of it intact? would you give it back with just the you know, with money taken out would you just you know and so that's like you know these are questions I want to give. and I've kind of put I've hopefully um, put a pandemic twist on this batch of scruples questions so is that
0: the first is that the first one because I'll answer that
2: one No no we've done that one already Neil. but
0: <laughs> well, I have. I, can I tell my story real fast?
2: Go ahead uh, there was wallet dropped and you gave it back.
0: No, if I was at the grocery store with my mask on and I walked, I turned the right to go to the car, turn right, on the ground is a credit card, but I'm like, Damn, do I touch that credit card because
2: it's got shit
0: all over it? Yeah. Or do I pick it up and do something good and give
2: it to the people? You know what, Neil? That's one of my questions here. Uh, This literally happened. Bernie and I were walking in the park. Everybody's got masks on. Everybody's social distance. A girl, a jogger is going by us, right? Trips and falls. Trips and falls on the ground. In the age of Corona, do you go to pick her up to see if she's okay from a distance? What if she's really hurt? What if she broke her leg? Like what, you know, what if she's bleeding? Think, what do you do? I
1: think I, I cheer her on. Like you do someone in the marathon. Like you don't
0: get out there. You're like, you can, you can do it. You can do it. Get up. The we're waiting for you. I like that. Yeah. That's, that's the best thing. Oh man,
2: that's moles on the head Ted right there. I, what a, I love that one. Um, i i don't even know like this is what people really did do they were they were looking at her going i literally stopped with birdie and said are you okay and she's like yeah i'm okay and like some other lady stopped and said are you okay and uh, we all like we're in like a good the bad and the ugly just waiting for this girl to get up you know and then she very (laughs) she slowly she got up she's like i'm okay and then we're like everybody's side relief the girl was side relief because she's okay Probably the lady in front of us side relief because she didn't have to get involved, and we definitely side <laughs> relief because all I need is like, oh, I got to take my mask off and you know give somebody mouth to mouth, you know, or some, you know. Did right. she have a mask? Did
0: she have a mask on?
2: Yeah, everybody had mask. Everybody was doing the right thing. It's just. Oh, uh, so, but did
0: the jogger that felt did they have a the mask? Yeah,
2: I think she did have a mask on. Yep. Okay, but uh, I'll tell you what, that's a tough one, you know. Uh, so, yeah, Neil, what'd you yeah. do with the card? Uh,
0: believe it or not, I was so proud of myself because I just picked it up, and I gave it to him, and I felt like I had really helped. So I really thought I did something good. It wasn't until right after that I realized I probably just died.
2: Well, did you pu- Purell yourself?
0: <laughs> Purelled the shit out of my hands right <laughs> after that. That's funny. There's no, there's no Purell, believe it or not, Purell, whatever it's called. So there's a grocery store in Pennsylvania called Martin's, and they have a Starbucks. And I'm sure I could just go up and use a Purell, but I don't. I buy a freaking coffee so I can use the Purell. So then I go up and get a grande (laughs) coffee so I can put that shit all over me.
2: (laughs) All right, how about this one? So a neighbor, I'm not saying it's uh, my place if anybody's listening, but wink, wink, okay? A neighbor (laughs) is constantly fighting with his wife. You can hear it through the walls. I mean, it is crazy, right? Um, You hear screaming and fighting. Do you do anything at all? And at what point do you do something at all? Ted or, well, uh, or yeah, Moles Ted, I'll take I you down. I
0: have personal
1: experience with this. That that was part of why we,
0: why we left
1: the last place we were in was we had a neighbor who was always fighting and you know all sorts of like histrionics and disturbances.
2: So you, you guys sprung into action and moved out? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we we called the cops. We called Uh-oh. the cops a couple times, Uh-oh, but then the cool. next the next level was like, let's just get the hell out of here. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> Wait, when you called the cops, did they come? Did they come over to you after it was all said and done to be like, did you call the cop on us? Uh, well,
1: they the she knew because yeah, the, the, every it was obvious. You know, like the cops came to our door, and uh, yeah, so it uh-huh. was. It was obvious, but yeah, it was time to get out of there.
2: Yeah, not, you don't need a bullet flying through the wall if you're renting, you know what I mean?
1: That's right, yeah, but, we shared a wall, so it was crazy.
2: Yeah, I'm no longer renting, so it would be nice if, you know, you know, relax everybody. It would be very...
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's the worst thing about New York, is like you're kind of at the mercy of whoever you're sharing walls with.
2: Well, that's what I say all the time, like, I was trying to write that into a bit, like... When you have to go up in front of the co-op board and show them your financials, which is like a financial colonoscopy, and then (laughs) and then you you have to prove your character in front of them. You like like they want an interview. I'm like, you're interviewing me. Let let, (laughs) let me know who's in apartment A, B, and C. You know. Around right. me, how do I know I'm going not to a floor of idiots? Like the guy on top of me right now, I think he works out with free weights and drops him on the floor every night at like seven o'clock. I mean, <laughs> I mean what how is I supposed to know that in the scouting report? It's ridiculous. All right, um, set, let's go another one. 17 years from today, Nico asks if his 17 year old girlfriend can spend the night. Is that going to be okay?
1: <laughs> huh that's that's a good question a <laughs> seventeen year old girl can spend the night um
2: on the couch
1: I, I know that Madeline's gonna say no so I can just I can take the easy way out and say yeah, yeah your mother said no you know oh. I I'd be, I would be cool with it but your mom said no <laughs> oh.
2: that's a good one I'd be cool with it yeah I, I love it Madule the funny part about that is, is I love that Madeline stepped up there Gina's gonna make me the bad guy for all that stuff oh yeah it's all of it um, yeah, right.
1: I think we, we pretty much see eye to eye on, on most, most stuff. But, uh, yeah, she's the protective mom, and that, that makes it easy for me.
2: All right, let me give you another one. Comedy dies, right? It's over. Like, we can't mm-hmm. go back. And then, like, you're not going back to 2022. All the clubs die, right? We all have to get jobs, right? Yeah. I can get you a $150,000 a year job, but it's with a gun maker. <laughs> <laughs> you taking that job, Ted Alexandro? <laughs>
1: No, I do not take that job. Um, hey, well, for less no, wait, than
0: $200,000. 200. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> million a year job.
2: It's for, what? Yeah. It's how much?
0: $3.5 million. A year. In a, so a year.
2: they made Ted from doing nothing in the gun industry, they made him, the, what, CEO? I mean, what kind of...
0: Yeah, does he take that job then? <laughs>
1: No, but if a, if a gun, uh, if the CEO of of a gun manufacturing company drops his credit card, I, I pick that up <laughs> and I, I I run off all sorts of shit on the card. I don't return it.
0: That's funny.
2: Uh, okay, that's fine. I <clears throat> I don't think I could take that job. And I think you know I couldn't remember the scenario, but I did have something weird like that one time. I, I've had a couple of those situations. Like a dilemma, moral dilemma. Yeah, moral dilemma on taking the money or not. I mean, we all we all have that moral dilemma of taking the money, like for what gig, for you know, whatever. But
1: yeah, yeah. Know,
2: who knows if we're all out of work? It's like it's the Breaking Bad thing, you know. Like, right, would right. You, do you make the meth? I mean, I'm watching it now. And, you know, the yeah. wife is, I never saw it, and the wife is driving me nuts. Nuts. All this, you know, obviously making meth is bad. But this guy had cancer. He was dying. I mean, what more do you want from this guy? He's at his wits. He's going to die. So he's supposed to die? He's got a Right. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, those are extenuating circumstances, but uh, if comedy is the only thing that dies, then no, I can't. I can't justify cooking meth. <laughs>
2: if comedy dies, I find. Believe me, if I knew how to cook meth, I would. I would. I would take that job. I'd cook it. For I have no problem with that. Even, but then I'd see Ted on the street. What are you doing? Oh, I'm working in my chemistry lab with some friends. You know, are you I feel doing? Like the, you need
1: some. You need somebody to sell.
2: Are you doing the right thing, Lenny? Are you doing the right thing, Otumay Brown? I don't know. All right, okay. Uh, yeah, I
1: might shake you down, Lynn. I might shake you down and say, like, <laughs> if you want me to keep this secret, you're going to cut me in on it.
2: <laughs> That's Mols Ted talking.
1: <laughs>
2: All right. Well, how about, right, how about this one? You see a friend on the street; he's not wearing a mask. Do you admonish him?
1: Uh, yes, yeah. I'm a I'm a big mask Nazi at this point. Yeah, like if I see runners, uh, like that are not like runners, annoy me the most. I think because of the fact that they're like. Their breathing is labored and, you know, they're they're saying like the virus travels and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I I, especially runners, but people in general, I I feel like it's almost just more of a social nod that like, look, I'm taking this seriously, too. I don't want to jeopardize anyone else. So if I see people without masks, it, it annoys me.
2: Well, I'm with you. I don't mind the joggers. I'm usually six feet away from people anyway. I go out of my way. It doesn't even matter if you're wearing a mask. I still go the six feet around the other way. You know what I mean? Like I'm still giving you six feet. And it's impossible to run with that mask. Well, I'll give you a little exercise thing. As long as you're six feet away from everybody when you're running, it's fine. And from what I've read, you can't get it from unless the guy sneezes as he's running by you or he's you know he's shedding droplets as he's flying he's a really sweaty person and he's running by you that's a little risky but like if I was running you can't run with a mat you'll die but you know do your thing and get out of the public eye immediately but I'm with you on the other one like um the, if at least have it around your chin for god forbid if you have to take a break and get a thing drink from a water fountain or you just have to stand for a minute or whatever just you know give me something you know show me that you can yeah. shit
1: yeah there's some people you know that that like if you're if you're gonna be jogging don't jog down the city street you know like go to a park or you know go to places where it's not you're not playing chicken with with people so yeah i think i think the mask thing is is more like we're all kind of in this same situation where we're being forced into these kind of social contracts so i feel like you know Like you said, you make an effort to be six feet away from somebody. Like we're kind of just saying, like, look, I'm I'm doing my part, you know.
2: Yep. Neil, what do you think? Neil. Neil.
1: Did we lose
2: him? Oh, I hope not. Did we lose Neil? Neil. Hello. Maybe we lost him. I don't know. Maybe put us. (laughs) Maybe went to the bathroom. Uh. (laughs) All right. Hold on. I'll pause it. Hold on.
0: Back in Wait, business. I have my mask story.
2: You got your mask story, okay? So, yeah, tell us, Neil. What do you think? A person's not wearing a mask. Do you yell at somebody?
0: Well, first of all, my parents sent me an N95 mask.
2: Okay. So
0: Congrats. I'm super confident right now with my own mask. Like I've never that's been, like the I top of like the line. I, yeah, he's you know, got the thing.
2: He's got a Rolls Royce of masks, so, so what? So if you see somebody without a mask, are you telling them to put a mask on, or?
0: Before I would maybe look at them crazy, but now with my N95, that's what I'm saying, I feel so confident about my own mask that I don't care anymore about well, anything else.
2: You're not wearing a Darth Vader helmet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it feels great.
2: All right. Neil's walking around like he owns like the the Death Star. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Aren't feels fine. like the one percent of, yeah. of mass.
0: Gain.
2: <laughs> All right, finally, Ted, last one. Your best friend say, says you. Your best friend says, despite everything, he's voting for Trump. Can you still be his friend?
1: No, no, that friendship is over. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we can be Facebook friends, but we're not going to be real friends. <laughs>
2: There you go, I will take it one up. i I agree with you i can't I can't do this anymore. You vote for Trump again. I can't talk to you anymore until I don't know. I like get four years. maybe I can forgive you and your stupidity, but I can't do this again.
1: Um, yeah, I mean look, we all the reality is we all know, and I would venture to say love people who have voted for Trump, you know, whether you're related to them or people that you went to you know elementary school with or, you know, people that are in your life that yep that voted for Trump. Uh, But yeah, as far as your question was a best friend, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, you could say friend. I don't know that I could be friends with anybody at this point who would willing to do this again. You know what I mean? Like if you can't see what's going on here, then I don't even know. But to be perfectly honest, I don't think I have any of those people. You know what I mean? I really don't. I thank God. I mean, I do know some people who voted for him the first time. And I think even now those people are like, all right, maybe I'll just sit it out. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think you'd be surprised. I think there's, you know, there's plenty of people, you know, he's not the kind of candidate that you're going to vote for and, and then brag about it, unless you're <laughs> like, part, of the, part of the cult. right? Um, you know, there's plenty of people, I think, that pull the, pull the lever for, for the red team and then just don't talk about it.
2: Yeah, you know? Neil has a friend, like we, have, we had him on a couple of times, and this guy's a very bright guy, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's down in Texas. Neil, is he voting for Trump?
0: I still think uh, not just him, but a lot of my Texas friends still have not. Yeah, I think they're all still voting for
2: Trump. All right, well then we can't have him on the show ever again. I can't do this anymore. I mean, they're too stupid to
0: interview. <laughs> you know? They just don't. They just don't. You know, they just hear a completely different world. They don't. They don't even. Even like it, this doesn't shock you. I don't know I then nothing will. I'm really. going to tell
2: you right now, Neil, if that person that we had on the show twice, and he's a nice man, right? But if he gets the coronavirus and he's in the hospital on a ventilator, you and I will take a plane. I will take us to Texas.
0: <laughs> I will buy us
2: the hazmat suits with my last dime, go up to the bed and go, you're a fucking idiot, and then walk uh, maybe, out of the hospital. Maybe
0: he's changed, though. Maybe they've changed. May I haven't talked to him in the last month, so maybe they've taken some great turn. I don't know.
2: All right.
1: right. right. Part of the problem for me is that we, we live in quote unquote the same country. (laughs) <laughs> but it might as well be another planet, right? Like if you live in uh, parts of Texas or down south or Wyoming or what, like you know, what does New York have to do? New York City specifically has to do with any of these places. We're we're really like our own country, you
2: know. Oh, so it's oh my god, it's very
1: weird to me that we're all you know the United States of America.
2: Well, it's the other media. It's the other side's media. Like to be honest, you, this is Earth One and Earth Two. Hey, we've got a billion guys dying. We have eighty-six thousand people in the country dying. This four million people infected. Which of those stats doesn't wake you up? I don't know which one you know which which of the second wave science doesn't wake you up? You're just stupid at this point. I can't deal with it like every time I see that guy Jim Jordan from Ohio, what part of Ohio is that from because those people I got to stay away from that part of the world, whatever that is because <laughs> they're the yeah. dumbest human beings on the planet well,
1: It's you know? a swing state man that's why it's you know it's one of those states where.
0: You just don't. You just don't know. You well, know, it could go either way.
2: Swing your head out of your ass, or you're all gonna <laughs> but, die. But, but the good news is, none of my Texas friends are
0: showing up to a uh, protest with like a a missile launcher that one guy had a missile launcher and then on his shoulder it was crazy you know so that's a different kind of person
2: that is true but
1: but are they are they doing push-ups outside of a gym to to try to get them to open (laughs) open up did you hear about those guys yeah you gotta
2: (laughs) somebody's gotta explain to me the state of florida i just don't understand the state i don't know i don't understand it is so chaotic down there it's almost like they need an intervention just as a whole. Oh, oh, yeah,
1: you talk about, like, another country, man. Florida is, is a, a, another the universe. It
2: really is. All right, let's move on. The way we end the show every week is um, we all tell one good thing or one bad thing of the week. And for Ted, I want to pimp you on something. I'll give you yours, but then I want you to um, – I'll, I'll I'll lead you into it. Um, my mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll start. My one good thing of the week is finally, 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 I think today the weather has turned. Like, I mm. think – I don't think we're going back into – 40s <clears throat> maybe I'll wake up to 50s now thank god because I you know Bertie and I we go out before anybody goes out in the morning and get some fresh air and get her you know out and running and then we come back into our little bunker here and um, it has been I've been out there in the rain and the cold and the snow a couple of days ago but I think finally they're saying this could be finally May shows up and uh, it won't be the freezing cold anymore so thank you weather people um maybe we'll actually have a real you know what looks like summer from the inside and maybe the outside i don't know um neil you want to go second one good thing or one bad thing of the week
0: yeah uh building on uh Ted's special was super inspiring so it made me made me uh want to write more and do stuff to, but also also made me think about like okay uh, maybe i've been doing this all wrong so i'm like one step away because my granddad uh You know, we always kind of made fun of him because at the end he just said, fuck everybody. He just got a big recliner and he watched TV. (laughs) Yeah. And he blew up to like 300 pounds and he just died like literally right in the recliner watching the Atlanta Braves.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's how I'm going to go. But. And I'm
0: like, man, that, that sounded like maybe I'm so close to just going that direction, just being like, see everybody, that's it for me. Well, to be, serious, to be
2: serious for a second, I think that, you know what, I've thought about it. I've thought about it too, Neil. I mean, how long before there is a point of diminishing returns here where if we don't do something to all band together and open it up, like, we're, stand-up county would be dead. You know, eventually yeah. stuff's going to come back, so it should should we all just buy the recliner and say to hell with it, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really like, fuck it. I, You know, what am I trying to do here? Like, what the fuck am I doing? It goes
2: back that's to Ted's special, the fuck this, fuck that list, and <laughs> life is going to be on the both in a minute, you know?
0: No, so that's the good thing, and then the bad thing is we don't have... I'm at, at this house in the middle of Pennsylvania, and we don't pay for trash service. We're, <laughs> we're too cheap, so... One of my big events is uh, me and Bethel, we have to go find a place to throw trash. Oh, God. And uh, they shut down our trash. <laughs> We've been using these these bins in the middle of the grocery store or some parking lot. They froze they us out. They're gone. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're going to outsmart you, Neil. You've got to be careful. All right. So
0: now, now we're trying to find a new
2: place to throw trash. I'm telling you, you guys are going to be those weird New York people that they talk about in, you know, in sewing circles in that town. <laughs> Um, go ahead, Ted. One good thing, one bad thing of the week.
1: Well, I think it's it's kind of appropriate for like the the pandemic life because the, that's exactly what we've kind of been forced into examining, right? Like, there's there's so many like visibly bad things, you know, from the suffering and obviously hospitalizations, the the frontline workers and. Being uh, under uh, supplied and you know it kind of laid bare all of the frailties, if not inadequacies, of, of the system. Uh, but I would say like the good thing is that it it's almost like forced us to really simplify our lives and, and prioritize what's important
0: to us. You know,
1: so uh, for me, it's been a good reminder of you know just being home with my wife and son is really what makes me happiest anyway uh despite all the frustrations of you know like not to say that you don't get stir crazy and and want to have the freedom of movement and stuff but uh yeah so it is this very weird time where uh there's a lot of kind of things that are at odds with one another but at the end of the day i think you know i'm most grateful just to be alive and to, to be surrounded by loved ones.
2: Oh, that's nice. Sounds like a deathbed confession. But anyway um,
1: <laughs> it, it might be. It might be.
2: <laughs> Ted, I was wanting you to I want you to um uh, pimp something. Your one of your best friends, if not your best friend, Hollis James. He's working on a new project. Can you just tell people what that is? It sounds pretty cool.
1: It's great. Yeah, yeah. Hollis James is a guy that I went to Queen's College with here in New York. And we started in comedy together as part of a duo, and we later went on to do Teacher's Lounge together. Uh, And he's just a brilliant guy, really funny, uh, and he's just kind of an encyclopedia of of pop culture knowledge. So he started this channel called Pop Culture Graveyard on YouTube, where he puts out a new episode every week, and it, it deals with some element of pop culture, and mostly it's been focusing on music so far. So he did one on the Beastie Boys he did one on the b52s one on the ramones i think david bowie uh so yeah he's just he's it's almost like sitting down like with a cool professor who, who knows everything about a specific topic and uh he puts out these these different videos on pop culture graveyard is the name of the channel on All youtube right.
2: we gotta get him on that sounds too cool okay.
1: um oh yeah he's he's the best i love best.
2: so yeah we got i haven't seen him in he's in la right
1: He's in L.A., yep, yep. All right. Ted yeah, Al- you gotta give him a shout.
2: Ted, thank you so much for doing this. Your Instagram is and Twitter is both at Ted Alexandro. The special is called Stay at Home Comedian. That's free on YouTube. You can watch that. It's definitely worth a watch. Just just for the moles and the beard, if nothing else. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's really funny and, of course, smart and, and uh, everything you want. in Ted Alexandro, if you're a fan or if you're not a fan, you should check it out. Yeah, written up in the New York Times, which is ridiculously cool like all my friends were like ted's in the times my sister even was like ted's in the time like okay we got it ted's <laughs> in the times we know um i know Ted's in the times but thanks thanks so much for doing this and we'll check back with you in two three years to see if we're both alive
1: my pleasure guys i hope that's the case always great talking to you
2: great thanks ted,
1: right, ted. okay guys bye take care Bye-bye. Bye.